checked out Psalm 19, did we? And we thought about some of the kind of the general things that God's word promises us, and we compared them to perhaps some things in our world. How, how God, through his word, promises to speak to us, to guide us, to never fail us, to give us wisdom, to give us true joy and contentment. And we're going to keep on coming back to this idea of the promise, God's promises throughout the weekend as we turn this morning to the narrative of Joshua. Now, if you've been uh, in church for a while, you might have heard of, of Joshua from the Old Testament over kind of our remaining three sessions together this weekend. Um, we're going we're gonna to be checking out this guy called Joshua. And as we do that, we're going to see how he was part of fulfilling one of God's greatest promises, a promise that actually spans the whole Bible. But before we get into that, I want to take you back to my, uh, my Disneyland Paris trip that I mentioned at the start of my uh, session yesterday. Okay. We actually went um, to Disneyland Paris that time um, over Christmas. It, it was my mum and dad and my brother and I, and it was a surprise. Okay? And my brother and I, we got woke up at like 4am in the morning. Was anyone awake at 4am this morning? Oh, I know. Was that, was that, like, <laughs> right, 4am, and even when I was like, you know, nine years old or whatever, I loved my sleep, and that was a really grumpy time. It was probably something like the 20th of December or something, and, uh, and my parents woke us up in the morning, and of course I was moaning, and I was going, well, what on earth is going on? And they said to us, they said, I promise it will be worth it. And so we get in the car and then like an hour later, where we need to go, of course, there's like roadworks, even at that time in the morning. And I'm sat in the back of the car, nine-year-old being really miserable, moaning, going, this is such a waste of my life. And all this, and my parents are like, I promise it'll be worth it, right? And then we get to the ferry port, okay? Surprise, surprise, the ferry's delayed. I probably could have had an extra couple of hours in bed. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just such a waste of time. And guess what my parents say? I promise it'll be worth it. And then we arrive the other side in France. And my brother and I are like, oh, okay, we're, we're holidaying in France. This could be really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my parents are like, well, actually, we've still got another three and a half hour journey. And I was like, really? And what do they say? I promise it'll be worth it. Now, let me tell you, right, I was so fed up of this promise by now. Like, I genuinely just couldn't be bothered. I wasn't, I just didn't want to hear it, right? Even though the journey was awful, they persisted and persisted, and they kept saying that, you know what, the promise will be worth it. And this morning, we're going to think about the promise carried. Okay, and tonight we're going to think about the promise fulfilled, and tomorrow morning we're going to think about the promise extended. Now just for 30 seconds, okay, person next to you, I want you to ask each other the question, what's the longest journey you've ever been on, or what's the longest thing you've ever had to wait for? Okay, longest journey you've ever been on, or longest thing you've ever had to wait for. 30 seconds, go. I once had to wait five minutes for a Whopper meal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a Whopper meal. Longest journey, about three days. Really? Yeah, yeah it was a business trip, and I had to, I got back from a flight, and I was basically waiting uh, to buy airport for nine hours, and then it was like, longest flight to buy an airport. Oh dear. Oh, that was, 
Oh. I got on the plane, there wasn't, because I was through, there was not any seats. Yeah. Yeah. Thing in the back. It took me about 24 hours to get to Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. But we had Cartoon Network the whole way, so I was fine. Who thinks they have uh, been on a substantial journey? Con Dave, what, what have we got? That's 35 on a train, okay, 35 hours. Somewhere over there, that's helpful. Okay, you don't have to compete with Dave, but any other long journeys? Anyone like flew to the other side of the world? That's probably, yeah, that's basically a day, isn't it? Middle East, Sydney, New Zealand. Yeah, okay, okay. What about things you've had to wait for? Anyone like had a, had a gift or, or something they've had to wait for for a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered a piece like two years ago, it's better than <laughs> That's called a pandemic. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you're still yeah, really complained or I am not in this competition, but Dave, I reckon I've been on a coach for thirty-seven hours oh, to Berlin. You can ask Megan about my Berlin trip, it was great fun. Um, was she there? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right, we're going to come back to that. As we come to the Bible this morning, as we come to God's words, and as we come to the narrative of Joshua, okay, there is actually so much before Joshua that I think we really need to take into consideration before we get there to, to appreciate it. And that's what we're going to think about this morning, right? So throughout these sessions, we're going to spend lots of time looking all over God's word. So it would be great if you could open your Bibles in front of you and find Genesis chapter 12, okay? So we're near the start of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look at a, a couple of passages this morning. Genesis 12 is where we're going to start our journey. And we're actually going to start our journey, okay, all the way back with a guy called Abraham, okay, in Genesis 12. Now, Abraham lived like 600 years before Joshua was even born, okay? So we're like 600 years before Joshua was even born. Genesis chapter 12. And I wonder if someone's feel, feeling brave and bold to read us a bit. We're going to read verses 1 to 7. Listen, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Can I just pray for us as we read God's word and then uh, we can read that. Verses 1 to 7. Father, thank you for your word, the Bible. Thank you that it's alive and active. I pray this morning that you'd speak to us, that you'd fill us with your spirit, that you'd challenge us and encourage us, that we might become more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So Genesis 12, verses 1 to 7. Brilliant, thank you so much. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you of a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan, where they had come to the land of Canaan, where they had come. Abraham passed through the land to the place of uh, Shechem, to the oak, 
boring. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. That's brilliant. Thank you. Well read. Some weird names in there. It's brilliant. It's really encouraging for us to be able to read the Bible together. So, okay. God appears to Abraham, who at the moment is called Abraham. Okay. And God says, well, I look down with me, verse 1. He says, go from your country, with your father's household, to the land that I show you. Okay, so that's the first promise that God makes, okay? That land, okay? Verse 2, look down with me. Then he says, I will make you into a great what? Nation, yeah, that's the second one, brilliant. And then the third one, the next line, I'll make your name great and you will be a... Brilliant, okay, so that is the, the three things, okay, that God promises Abraham. Land, nation, blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, land, nation, blessing. Land, land nation, blessing. We're going to do that all weekend. So, Abraham's name, okay, literally means father of many, okay? And that's why, right, in verse 7, okay, God says to your offspring, I will give this land. You see, God knows that, right, that by the time this promise is fulfilled, Abraham will actually be dead, and God's promises will carry through Abraham's family line. And that's why this morning, okay, we're thinking about the promise carried. Because although this promise of, what were those three things? Land, nation, blessing. Yeah, good, land, nation, blessing, right? Although they were given to Abraham... Okay, this promise would be carried through the many generations before it is finally fulfilled. Flick forward a couple of pages with me to chapter 26, Genesis 26, okay? Genesis 26. Many years later, okay, Abraham has died and the promise of God carries down to Abraham's son, Isaac. Genesis 26. Someone happen to read three verses for us? Someone be brave. Three verses. Yeah, brilliant job. Uh, verses 2 to 4. Genesis 26, 2 to 4. Thank you. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in this land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and you will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. That's brilliant. Yeah, we can stop there. Fab. Thank you so much. So, God says to Isaac, okay, go and live in this land where I tell you, and I will confirm the oath or the promise that I swore to your father Abraham, right? And then God says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars, and through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. So did you see, right? We literally have all three parts of the promise. What were they? Land, nation, blessing, good. So the promise, okay, was given to Abraham. It was carried to his son, Isaac. And actually, if we read a little further, you don't have to turn there, but in Genesis 35, we find out that just before Isaac is to die, the promise is carried even further to his son, Jacob. And in Genesis 35, verse 12, God says to Jacob, The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Okay, so we've already covered like 100 years 
worth of history, and God is still remaining true and faithful to his promise. Now that's longer than Dave's 35 hours on a train. Okay, 100 years we're talking. So the promise, okay, that God gave to Abraham, land, nation, blessing, that they would have this promised land, a land flowing of milk and honey, the Bible says, is carried through the generations from Abraham, sorry, through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, but it doesn't stop there, right? Because God's people aren't in the land yet. The promise hasn't yet been fulfilled. Later, we find God's people in Egypt being led by Moses. Flip forward with me to Exodus chapter 3. Oh, that's too far. That's just short. Exodus chapter 3. Now, slight side note, okay, but I think this is really important. If you're here this weekend, <laughs> okay, and maybe you're thinking, why on earth am I here? Or, you know, I can never make a difference in this world. Or, God couldn't possibly care about me. Or, God couldn't possibly use me to do good in this world. If you're here this weekend and you're thinking that, well, well firstly, I don't believe that's true. But secondly, I think you're in good company. Because let me tell you, right, Moses didn't think he was worthy enough at all. Right? When God appears to Moses and called him to work, Moses is like, who am I of all people that you would send me to save your people? What have I got to show for it? I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. But you know what? God sends Moses. God chooses Moses as the new leader of God's people and therefore a new carrier of this promise. And we're part of this with me, right? Look down, okay, Exodus 3, verses 7 to 8. Okay, I'll, I'll read these for us. Verses, Exodus 3, verses 7 to 8. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And we'll pause there. Okay, so God says to Moses, I've seen the misery and the suffering of my people, and I'm concerned about them. So I'm going to send you to bring them up out of Egypt and into this spacious land that I promised your ancestors before you. See, Moses inherits this same promise. Okay, he carries it on for God's people. But I don't just want to rush over these verses because I think there's something really beautiful about them, right? Verse 7, God sees the pain and the suffering of his people and he is concerned about them. And not only is he concerned, he does something about it. Guys, we serve a God who is faithful to his promises. He's not a distant God. He's not a God that doesn't care about us. He sees everything, inside and out. He sees our crying. He sees our mourning or our pain. And he is concerned about us. And he does something about it. And he always promises to do something about it. Back here in Exodus 3, what was that? Well, God sent Moses to save God's people and deliver them out of Egypt. That's what he did about it then. And for us, here today, what did God do about it? Well, God promised to send Jesus to 
to save us and deliver us from suffering, and he did. And we're going to think more about that tonight. But this promise, okay, what were the three things? Okay, good. Okay, it was promised to Abraham, carried through Isaac, through Jacob, now through Moses. And we know, don't we, if we read the book of Exodus, we know that Moses succeeded in bringing God's people out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, didn't they? If you're familiar with the narrative, they crossed the Red Sea. And then a journey that should have taken God's people just 11 days to get to the promised land took them how long? 40 years. Yeah. 40 years they were wandering in the wilderness. And surprise, surprise, because it taken them so long, they get to the boundary of the promised land, and Moses is just about to die, and he needs a successor. One final leader, okay, to inherit this promise and lead God's people into their promised land, okay? And this is when we're finally introduced to Joshua. One more flip. Joshua chapter 1. This is the, the last passage we're going to read together this morning. Joshua chapter 1. And I wonder if there's a leader that might be able to read this passage for us, almost over us, verses 1 to 9. Yeah, Jonathan's going to read for us. Joshua chapter 1. Okay, we're there. We can help each other out. Joshua chapter 1. And Jonathan's going to read, nice and boldly for us, these first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it, day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wonderful, thank you very much. So, after the death of Moses, okay, who had been leading God's people throughout Exodus from Egypt, Joshua is now to prepare God's people, the Israelites, to, to cross the River Jordan, where they will finally take 
the land, not through their own work, not through their own strength, but through the strength of God within them, right? And they will finally inherit the land that God promised to their ancestors through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through Moses, and now it's in Joshua's hands, okay? We've covered almost 600 years of history, 600 years after God first made this promise to Abraham, okay? Now we see why it's really important to understand all that history before we finally get to Joshua. Why? Because, friends, God is faithful to his promises. God says to Joshua three times, in fact, okay, in this passage, be strong and courageous. Now, how is Joshua to do this, right? Look that back down with me, verses 7 and 8, okay? Joshua is to obey the law, to keep the book of the law on his lips and meditate on it day and night. Now, remember, right, from last night, when we talk about the law, we're just talking about the first five books of the Bible, okay? Genesis to Deuteronomy, that's all they have at the time. Moses was to keep the scriptures on his lips. And why? Because God's word promises to speak to us. It promises to guide us. It promises to provide all things. It promises the strength and the courage that Joshua needs to fulfill this. God doesn't set us up to fail. Right? He provides everything we need to fulfill what he's asked. There's a great quote. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. If he's asked us to do something, he will give us everything we need to do it. But God also promises, right, verse 9, that he will be with Joshua wherever he goes. See, friends, God, by his spirit, is with us wherever we go. And by his word, he speaks and guides into our every step if we allow him. God is faithful to his promises. He promised Abraham that his people would inherit this fertile, perfect land. And even though this promise outlived like several generations, 600 years later, God would raise up Joshua to lead his people and fulfill this promise. And we're going to get to that in our session tonight. But as we come into land this morning, okay, let's go back to those long journeys that we thought about at the start. Okay, We're surrounded by this culture in our society that often promises us so much. There are literally adverts, aren't there, that are so confident in their product that they'll offer you a, a free money-back 30-day you know, guarantee if, 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 if you're not content with their product, if you're not satisfied. Right? Well, maybe for some of us, 30 days feels like a long time. Maybe for some of you, you've been waiting for something for more than 30 days. Right? Maybe something or someone in your life promised you something and it's been months or maybe even years and you don't know if that promise is going to come to fruition or worse, maybe that promise has already been broken. Well, friends, I'm, I'm not going to get tired this weekend of saying that we can know and serve a God who is faithful to his promises, no matter how big or small those promises are. And this morning proves this, right? We just read nearly 600 years of history, and God is still promising to work his, his things for fulfillment. And do you know what, right? God is unchanging. The book of Hebrews says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is as faithful in our lives today as he was for these guys like a thousand years ago. 
Tonight, we're going to see this promise fulfilled through Joshua. And then eventually, we're going to see how this promise is not just for God's people in the Old Testament, or the New Testament for that matter, but it's even bigger than that. How even we here today are included in this promise. What were the three things? We're part of this promise. And that's what we're going to get to tonight. I want you to take a moment, right, in the stillness of your hearts as, as we pray. Okay? Anya kind of set us up perfectly this morning when she said that we can look back in history and see that God was faithful and that God worked. And because God has been faithful in the past, we know that God can be faithful today and God will be faithful in the future. And Father, I, I just want to pray a blessing on, 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 on my friends, my brothers and sisters here this morning. Father, thank you that you are a faithful God who loves your children, who is always working for the good of those who are loved and accord, called according to your purpose. Thank you that we can look back in history, in scripture, and see that you are faithful to your promises and we know in the same way you were faithful in sending the Lord Jesus to this earth, that you are faithful in our lives too. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning that maybe just got feelings in the heart of being let down or not being worthy enough or not knowing what their purpose is or who they are deeply, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them that you would fill them with your spirit in their heart and that they would know that you are a perfect, holy, majestic God who is always faithful and true to his word. Thank you, God, that you are unchanging. You are the same today, yesterday, and forever. And we declare that this morning. You are the God of the promise and you are the God of, that we worship. Pray you continue to bless us this weekend as we chat now in small groups, as we have fun today. Lord, I pray that by your spirit you'd be sowing seeds in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.